Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Scraps. For this edition, we're going to be listening in on a presentation Pastor Wolfmiller did for the Wyoming District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, on a convocation entitled, Tell the Good News About Jesus. In this talk, Pastor Wolfmiller speaks about his conversations and talking to people on the streets of Denver. The recording was made in the room, so it's a little, a little soft to hear, but I think you can hear what's said. Because of the length of this presentation, it is split up into two parts. Today is part one. Then come back again next week to hear part two of Pastor Wolfmiller's presentation. Thanks for listening to Table Scraps, and enjoy the show. It's a delight to be with you all as well. Can you hear me okay? Is that coming through? Is it a little soft? A little soft? Turn it up a little bit? I can't get any closer to my chin. Maybe we'll turn it up in the back. You've got a reverse Roman. Oh, my strap. Now we're thinking. All right. Uh, thank you for having me here as well. I was I was pleased to come a couple of years ago as a participant with with my wife Carrie and I and some of our children. We came up to hear uh, the convocation. Um, I think it was two years ago or three years ago. And Carrie left saying it was so fantastic to be at an evangelism conference where you didn't have to worry about what the speakers were going to say. You could trust them, all of them, and the sermons and everything. It was just, and I agreed with her, it was fantastic. Although she spoke differently when we were coming up uh, yesterday, she said it's so great to go to an evangelism conference where you can trust all of the speakers but one. (laughs) And I'm still trying to work out if she was talking about Todd or or Matt or Jan. I don't know which one. It was, but it is fantastic to be here with you. Uh, most of, I think half of my class, when we graduated from the seminary uh, in 2005, half of the class is here. So all the guys who I used to ask them questions to the end of the homework are all sitting out there looking at me saying, what is, what is he doing here? And I, and I don't know. But what, what we do have, and this is kind of, it's 2.30, which is my nap time. Right, And so we have the Jesus story of the prayer in the garden where he says to Peter and the other apostles, the, the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak, and I understand that. I'm going to show you the, the, some, some movies here, but we can't turn off the lights like we did just a few minutes ago or else, I mean, it's all going to be over. I understand that. But the rubric, by the way, if I fall asleep during the presentation, is just to leave quietly. So... We'll see how it goes. We went out on the streets of Denver and we asked uh, we asked five questions. We asked the question, are you religious? What do you think about Jesus? What do you think about the church? What do you think about the gospel? Or what is the gospel? And how do you get to heaven? And we're going to look at three of those questions today. As we mentioned, the others are on our website and you can see them there. But but uh, this, is, this is kind of the sketch of what I'd like to do. I'm going to show you what we did... We put the clips together, uh, all in the same row each time. So you'll see the same people answer in the same order. There was one fellow who had a sign. You can see it says Hillary, and the rest of the sign read, Is Castro? <laughs> and he didn't answer all of our questions, so he just comes up once or twice. He, he doesn't come. But the rest of the people are the same, and, and they'll answer in sequence. So what we're, we're going to do is, we'll, I'll first show you two minutes of, of the question, Are you religious? And you'll get, to see the, you'll get to see the answer to that. Some people said, yes, I'm religious. No, I'm not. Some are unbelievers. About half unbelievers and half Christian. That's what we have here. And then we'll fast forward and we'll, and we'll take a look at their answers to the question, what is the gospel? And also to the question, uh, how do you get to heaven? 
So that's what we're going to do. And then if we have enough time, I think we'll talk about a little bit of law and gospel and what evangelism looks like uh, after that. So does that make sense? Clear? Okay. Uh, the, the video, by the way, it's not as high quality as I was hoping. We, we went out and we took these videos and we had a great DVD made of them. Uh, and, uh, and, I, and we put them also up on the internet. But you know the internet video isn't nearly as nice. Uh, and then I lost the DVD. So I had to bootleg my own video from the internet. <laughs> so that's, what, that's why it's says you. Time your desk. <laughs> John has seen my desk and thinks it's there. I cleaned my desk after Epiphany. And I found a DVD player. <laughs> which the DVD was in. So I had lost a DVD player, that was, and I found a DVD player, but there was no DVD in it, so who knows? All right, so here's the first question. Are you religious? And here come the answers. And no means no, I'm not. Very good. Now, when I said very good, <laughs> what I meant to say was very bad. <laughs> Uh, do you would you consider yourself to be spiritual? Um, not so much. I'm definitely more of a I believe in things like facts. So I would not say I'm a religious or spiritual person. He's not religious because he believes in facts. <laughs> First, sir, could you, could you explain that? What kind of religion do you beliefs do you hold to yourself? I'm a Christian. Yes. Could you explain a little bit? What kind of religion? What What do you believe? Um. I believe there's a God. I believe there's uh, heaven, but you know, I'm I'm still. I believe every uh, religion has or uh, has something to offer and has something in common. So you're with me so far. First guy's an unbeliever. Second guy's a Christian. This guy, he believes in God, but believes that every religion has something to offer. Okay. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Could you t- extremely. Could you tell us about your religion? What religious beliefs you have? Um, I grew up Lutheran, but basic Christian. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I keep them on my mind. I really like that guy. <laughs> but you're going to know, there was two people. We interviewed, I think, about 20, 25 people. There, I think there's seven on the video here. Two, two people told us what they used to be, but weren't anymore. And they were both Lutheran. Both of them were Lutheran, ex-Lutherans. And they weren't. This gal was, was grew, grew up a Lutheran, and now she's a basic Christian. And the last lady that you'll see here was grew up as a Lutheran, but now is a nothing uh, spiritual kind of person. Okay? Now, why is this? I, I want to answer this question. Todd Wilkin asked this question yesterday to the panelists about why is it that all of these children of Lutheran pastors became the leading kooks of the age, right? Like um, uh, uh, Nietzsche, 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 Nietzsche. Uh, Dog, what did it, well, who was the other one? Darwin was Dog. Was he uh, Marx? Marx was the son of a Lutheran. What happened? Now, I, I think I uh, let me. Can I guess an, at this? Can I give you an answer? Uh, it, imagine that you're a diamond thief. So most of you will be imagining if you're a, if you are a diamond thief. Then you don't have to imagine. <laughs> and imagine you're going to go steal some diamonds, and you have a couple of options, okay? You can go to your grandmother's house, who has one diamond mixed in and amongst all sorts of costume jewelry, right? So there's a diamond in there, but there's a lot of other kind of fake 
plasticky glass stuff. Or you can go to the diamond store, where they got tons and tons of diamonds, loads of diamonds. All they have is diamonds. You can't go wrong. What are you going to go and rob? Especially if this diamond store has, has stopped hiring any security and has turned off their alarm. Where are you going to go? You see, that's what the Lutheran church is. The Lutheran church is the diamond store. We have the law and the gospel in its purity, unlike any other church body. Other churches might have a little bit of the gospel in there, but it's mixed in with all sorts of false doctrine and all this other stuff. We're the diamond store, and we've turned our security off. We've stopped worrying if the devil comes in to steal away people's souls or to steal away our truth. We've stopped worrying. Of course the devil is going to be plundering the Lutheran church. Doesn't that make sense? Okay. <laughs> if, by the way, you have questions, please ask. I mean that, really. You can raise your hand and ask questions. Okay, let's see who else. Henry Wilson, Christianity, and Hillary is a card-carrying communist. <laughs> this guy, his hat is a goofy hat. You can't see it. A goofy hat. It has nothing to do with his personality, though. <laughs> I have this picture up uh, on the computer there. I think this is just a class. I mean, this is one of these situations where you say... How am I holding a microphone in the face of this? Now, Hillary is Castro. We'll see some more from Henry Wilson. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Okay. yeah. I'm, I'm a believer. Uh, I'm a Catholic. Yeah, I'm a regular churchgoer almost uh, every day. Uh, if I can wake up earlier, I, I usually make it every day. Uh, kind of, not really. Yeah, I don't really go to church that much. I don't really go. I just believe. That's about it. Now, just note that. I, I don't go to church. I just believe. The question is in what? Everybody believes in something. I mean, everybody. Even the atheists. I went the other day. There's this atheist club in Denver, Denver Area Atheist Club, and I invited myself to their club. <laughs> and I wrote a paper for them about atheism. And they said, oh, yeah, you can come and present a paper about atheism at the club, right? Well, it was a real kick. But the, but the, they, I, I, and I got an email just the other day. It's a meetup group. And they said the leader of the meetup group has not the leader anymore, and so you can be the leader. <laughs> and I thought about it for a while. I scheduled the atheists, the Denver area atheists, to meet every Sunday, 9.15, Hope Lutheran Church. <laughs> So I went to the atheists and I said, what do you guys believe in? Because it's not fair. You ask me what I believe in and I'll tell you. You know, I believe in Jesus. He was born of the Virgin Mary. Uh, he lived, he died on the cross. He rose three days later. I believe all that stuff. And I'm willing to stake my name and my life on that. What do you guys believe? It's not fair. I want to know what you believe so I can make fun of you like you make fun of me. <laughs> but they wouldn't tell me. They wouldn't tell me what you believe. So I had to guess what they believed. No, no, yes, yes, no, no. But you know where we got to these atheists? Where you got to the... And this, we're talking about evolution a bunch here. You, the, evolution has no evidence for it. There's no evidence for evolution. There's none whatsoever. But there is a captivating power to the mythology of evolution, and it is this. It makes sense for the atheist out of death. Because everyone looks at death and says, this is not right. It's not good. I don't know why I don't think it's good, but I know it's not. 
And the, and the unbeliever, what are they going to do with that? What are they going to do with that? They've, they've rejected all sorts of thoughts or anything of an afterlife, anything like that. But along comes the mythology of evolution, and it says, what about death? Death is good. Why? Because it's progress. Because through death, things are getting better. Natural selection, see? So you have the, so you give some sort of sense of goodness to the, to the fact, to the horrible fact of death. And the atheists cling to this. They have to have evolution because without it, everything falls apart at the point of death. Hmm? So, so, we, so this is, I think, where we need to talk to them. But, oh, so this guy, he's not an atheist. I believe, I don't go to church, I'm not a religious person, but I believe. But in what? All right. Person religion means to me uh, just uh, giving myself up to the Lord and uh, confessing all my sins and doing as good as I can, you know, and praying. I feel I'm more spiritual than religious. Uh, could you expand a little bit about that? What I was raised Lutheran in a pretty strict Lutheran home, and as I've gotten older, I've um, come into more of a general spirituality than an organized religious. She was raised in a strict Lutheran home. Whose daughter is this? <laughs> moved down to Denver. She's there. I met her on the street. Spiritual, not religious. That's what people say, right? Spiritual, not religious. Okay, so you've got the, you, you've got it now, right? You've seen our cast of characters. Now we're gonna. I have to fast forward this, but not to worry. I'm a professional. I do believe with the remote control. Just ask my children and my wife. Uh, we got to fast forward past the question: What do you think about Jesus, and what do you think about the church? To get to the question: What is the gospel? So keep an eye out. What about the church? Okay. Such and such. I don't really like the church. They always want money. People there are hypocrites. You know. John Kerry throws like a girl. That guy said. <laughs> Okay, now we're... Religion or beliefs than organized religion? Of course, when people say they don't like organized religion, what do we say? Well, you should come to our church. Because there's no organization at all. Now, now we have the question, what is the gospel? Now, we know the answer, right? The gospel is the promise of the forgiveness of sins, won for sinners by the death of Jesus on the cross. It's just that. Jesus' death, forgiveness of sin. That's the gospel. But what we're going to see is that out of all the people, even the Christians, that's maybe the most frightful thing, nobody knows the answer. Not a single person knows that. This matters because when we begin to talk to people about the gospel, you have to know that they have no idea what you're talking about. The, the what? You know, God bless you, the gospel. <laughs> You have to then be able to say what it is. Okay, so what is the gospel? Here I go. have no idea. Actually, I have no idea what the gospel is. So do, do you believe that? <laughs> he has no idea what the gospel is. Are we... Uh, <laughs> we need to know that there are people... That, that this is a different generation. And that there are people who have never, ever heard of Jesus. There are people that have never, ever heard of the cross. There are people that have, that have never, ever opened a Bible. There are people whose parents, and even now whose grandparents, were unbelievers. 
and they never went to Sunday school, and they have no idea, they can't even give a wrong guess. I've got no idea what the gospel is. Now this should make us what? Weep. Weep. If you know the gospel, that Jesus died for your sins, you will live in eternity with him. If you don't, you will live in eternity in hell. I've got no idea what the gospel is. <coughs> Alright. Does someone want to say something else about that? Did you give it to them? Yeah, we, this was a difficult thing, but we did. I talked to that guy for a while. And, and especially in the question about Jesus. Jesus was a nice guy and all of this sort of thing. But when you see this first gentleman's answer to the question, how do I get to heaven? We had, we had a discussion about that. But, but that will be the the most precise demonstration or, or hearing of the natural of the theology of our flesh than perhaps we've ever seen. But we have to wait for a little bit to get through. But yeah, we talked to all of these people about the gospel. We invited them uh, uh, to visit church and all of this sort of thing. Uh, but I think you have to do a little bit more of this. You know what I mean? Um, we look at these... We look at this man as a little bit strange... You know, he thinks of us even more so. Uh, Christians are the, are the ones that are strange in our culture. At least we should be a little bit more strange. You guys are doing pretty good. <laughs> okay, what, the question, what is the gospel? Here you go. I meant that in the title. You know how to live. First, sir, could you tell us exactly you know how to live your life and what the right way is to live your life and how to abide by the Lord's way and be kind and love other people no, no matter what. What is the gospel? How to live your life, how to do God's will, how to love other people. This is the perfect answer to the question, what is the law? What is the law? But you see that in most churches, this is absolutely confused. Absolutely confused. The gospel is how we're to live our lives. Because that's the only doctrine that they have. Uh, have you heard this before? Where people will say the Bible is the this is bad. The basic instructions before leaving Earth. If your pastor has said that before, then it's not that bad. <laughs> but it's still bad <laughs> because what does that make the Bible? Law, all law, an instruction book. You know, I was walking through the library the other day. The Aurora Public Library downstairs, and I walked in what must be the most horrible hall of books that exists in the world. It was the it was ten feet either side of instruction manuals. <laughs> how to fix a car, you know, all these things. How to fix all this stuff? Instruction manuals. And I said, well, this is a terrible. I mean, you, how, can you imagine going to peruse these books? <laughs> oh, look. No, you can't, that, that's, a, that's kind of the worst or most boring kind of book, is this instruction manual, especially for men. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't say that. The Bible is an instruction manual? How to live? The Bible is a treasure because it delivers to us Jesus. Because it delivers to us the promise that our sins are forgiven. 
Because when you open it, you see that instead of hating you, God loves you. That's why this book is so good. But we've but if most churches you just have the law. Alright, let's see what's next. Questions? Alright. Oh, oh question. Ah. <coughs> so, so could it just be terminology? When you say what's the gospel, uh-huh. I don't realize that the gospel is the good news about Jesus. How many, yes, the so question is, could it just be terminology? I'm just tricking people because we Lutherans talk about law and gospel. <laughs> but other people don't use that language. I think the answer could be yes, but that's why we're going to look at the next question, how do you get to heaven? Because that, um, that cuts through the it cuts through the jargon, right? Right? So we're going to look at that too. How many of you grew up Lutheran though? I'm really sorry. <laughs> because that means something. Well, it means that you don't know what you're missing. I grew up in the ELCA. Is that... (laughs) You've been forgiven. (laughs) In the group of the ELCA, I never learned the catechism, though. I was confirmed without learning the catechism. Uh, The only thing I memorized was, uh, and this was just barely... Right before the pastor got down the road and confirmed me, yes, by the help of God. That's the only thing I can And I was listening really closely as everyone else was answering. <laughs> then in high school, though, I, was, I went to the Calvary Chapel Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I went to the huge mega Baptist church there, Southern Baptist Church. My wife and I met. I was teaching in college. Bible study at the Baptist church. We did three weeks on how not to speed. <laughs> I taught a ninety. I taught a ninety-minute Bible study on keeping on driving the speed limit. It's because I was. It took so long because I was going so slow. <laughs> and then we discovered because this is what it was in the church. How I would open the Bible and I would ask question of the Bible. What is this telling me I need to do today? Today. To do. What am I to do? That's law. But this is what we have. This is all we have. I would skip over the gospel part. You know, I could go back and look at the parts of the Bible I underline. You know, I could see. And I see that I would underline the law. And I would skip over the gospel. I, I couldn't. It was, the gospel is to get you in the church. But now you've got to get onto the serious stuff of living the Christian life. That's what it is. And you Lutherans who grew up Lutheran don't even realize what a marvelous, fantastic treasure you have in the, in the absolution, in the forgiveness of sin, in the fact that your pastor stands before you every day not to tell you what you are to do, but to tell you what Jesus has done on your behalf so you can attain heaven. Nobody else in the world hears that. <coughs> All right, you guys have got me going here. <laughs> Now, this is the longest answer here. What is the gospel? This gentleman is looking for it. And I want you to, you're going to figure out what he thinks the gospel is as he goes on. So what is the gospel? Um, uh, uh, gospel is like, a, um, to me, an innocent melody that, uh, that you can, um, it's like a, it's like a, a prayer, but... Uh, and um, it's like a prayer, but like uh, in um, harmonic, uh, loving words. You know what he's talking about? Gospel music. Who said that? 
I didn't bring any of the free CDs to give away. But I did go by the private table, so I had Back there is the mint. I see they've taken down the table, so this is maybe the only one left. <laughs> gospel music. You can win a dub award and stuff for gospel music. That, that's a, Think about that. I mean, maybe that's the, word, the way the word is used most often, isn't it? To be gospel music. What is the gospel? It's... A prayer and harmonious, loving words. That's actually a pretty good definition of gospel music. This, this, uh, this gentleman here was a rapper, and, he, and we bought a CD from him. And we were going to use it as the soundtrack for the video, but, uh, <laughs> but we couldn't get it sorted out. Okay. Let's see. We're answering the question, what is the gospel that's being produced? The gospel to me is just the word of God. I agree with it. <laughs> I wish I had that guy's phone number. It's the gospel is the word of God. Okay. Now that's all right. That's getting a little bit better, isn't it? The gospel is the scriptures. Of course, we know that the scriptures have two parts. The law and the gospel. But we're getting closer. The gospel is the good news. Uh, it tells about Jesus Christ, uh, who, uh, who came to fulfill the scriptures so far. And there are four gospels, uh, Matthew, uh, Mark, uh, John, and then uh, uh, Luke. Luke yeah. This guy, the Roman Catholic from Africa, got as close to right as anyone. The gospel is the good news. That's what gospel means. Good news. Promise. The gospel is a set of words... From God to us. It's words, promises. And then he went on to name the four Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, John, and Luke. That's how I gave it. Now, this is good. This is what we call the Gospel, by the way, in the, in the broad sense. You, you, have, you, you have both the word law and the word Gospel can be understood in two senses, okay? If you are given to be bored by things like this, then just tune out for a couple minutes. I'll tell you when you come back in. But you have the, the law in the broad sense and the narrow sense, and the gospel in the broad sense and the narrow sense. The law in the broad sense would be the Old Testament, or the first five books of Moses. See? That's the law in the broad sense. The gospel in the broad sense is the, is the four gospels, the story of Jesus. Now, the, the law in the narrow sense is the Ten Commandments, or God's commandments for what we're to do to be holy and what we don't do. The gospel in the narrow sense is the forgiveness of sins won by the death of Jesus. Now, this is where it gets a little confusing. The law in the broad sense contains the gospel in the narrow sense. <laughs> because the forgiveness of sins is there in the first five books. Right? The gospel in the broad sense contains the law in the narrow sense because what? Because the four gospels have law in them, right? But the gospel, the, the law in the narrow sense and the gospel in the narrow sense never, they're always distinct. They never contain one another. They're never mixed together. Okay, you can tune back in. <laughs> um, to be honest, I don't know. No, I don't really know nothing about church or none of that stuff, so I don't know. I don't know the gospel. A 
again, we just take a moment of silence to weep. I mean, really. Do you see what happened if one of these buses would have come off the rail there? Plowed into us? Is that it's the, the word of God, you know. If you study the gospel and you understand the word of God and you walk in faith. And... Okay, so that's getting pretty... Uh, word of God, you study it, you walk in faith. We're gonna, he's going to flush this out on the answer, how do you get to heaven? The last question here, or the last answer here. The gospel, uh, it's a story. It's a... Uh, I don't know, a, a series of, of stories and and the word, I suppose. Could you... A series of stories. <laughs> Do you know that the world thinks that you're nuts when you say that you believe there really was a man named Jesus who died and rose again? For them, it's like a fairy tale. When you talk to the atheists, you know, they say, this is their trick. You don't believe in Zeus, do you? You don't believe in uh, Thor, the god of thunder. At least most of you probably don't. You don't believe in what? You don't believe in the flying spaghetti monster. That's their favorite god of the... You don't believe, have you heard the atheists say this? They're just making fun of you. You don't believe in the flying spaghetti. And they have these pictures. The atheists have these pictures of this bowl of spaghetti. You've seen um, oh, uh, the, the picture with the fingers where God is reaching out and touching Adam. So they, the atheists take the hand of God away and put a bowl of spaghetti with a little noodle coming out. The flying spaghetti monster. It makes just a sense. You don't believe in any of these other gods? All these Greek gods? You don't believe in them? The, what makes you think Jesus is God? You see? That uh, and the atheist has this trick. They, they try to get you on this path of unbelief and then just let you kind of coast into unbelief for Jesus. But there are, dear people, there are two different religions in the world. There's not a thousand bajillion religions like the atheists say. There's two religions. There is the religion of a strong God who demands goodness. And there is the religion of a weak God who dies to save you. That's it. There is the religion of the law, and there is the religion of the gospel. And believe me, the unbeliever has the religion of the law. The unbelievers are spending, especially these atheist kind of obnoxious ones, are spending all of their time trying to convince themselves that they can be good without God. This is what they have essay questions about. You write in for the atheist essays, can you be good without God? And if you're going to write a good essay, they'll send you a couple thousand dollars. Because this is what they are trying to prove. And, and, they're, and in a way, they're right. You can be good without God. You just can't be forgiven. You, in fact, the problem with the atheists are probably not that they're immoral, but that they're too moral. Too impressed with their own goodness. So that they don't need someone to save them. They call religion, who of you have had relatives and friends call religion a crutch for the weak. And we say, no, no, it's more than that. It's a resurrection for the dead. I, I, I am much more than weak. I'm dead in my trespasses and sins. 
I don't need a crutch. I wouldn't even be all right with a walker. A wheelchair isn't enough. I need someone to come up and say, be alive. Your sins are forgiven. See? Christianity begins not at a totally different place than every other religion begins. Every other religion begins with the assumption of the goodness of man. Christianity begins with the, with the knowledge of the utter wickedness of man. Law and gospel. All right. I made some notes. I should check them. Uh, I think I, I, I woke up in the middle of the night. I was dreaming about Matt, Pat, Matt, Matt Harrison's beard. <laughs> and I wrote some things down. <laughs> oh yeah, the devil is a diamond thief. I already said that, didn't I? Well, here's the other thing. So this this ought to this distinction between law and gospel ought to give crystal clarity to the reason why Jesus has a church. Luther says in the large catechism that the church exists on earth so that we might daily receive the forgiveness of all of our sins through the word, the promises, and through means. So the church exists to distribute the forgiveness of sins. You pastors, brothers, you know this. This is your sacred vocation to distribute forgiveness. And you, dear Christians, know now where to go to get that which is most needful. But here, this is, I, will, I don't know if this is going to be any good or not. Because like I said, it was in the middle of the night. But what I was thinking, and so maybe you guys can help me flush this out. Uh, imagine if there, was, if there was one lake in the whole United States, and that was the only place where you could get water. Okay? You're with me so far. And there's no rivers. There's no nothing. There's just one lake. And one guy has the lake. He has all the water in the whole country. But, he's a generous man, and he wants everyone else to have water. So he sets up, in every little different place, he sets up points for water distribution. You're with me now so far? Every city, every state, every different place has these different points for water distribution. And different people are assigned to work there and to give away this water for free. So that if anyone needs water, they need just come to this place and they will receive all that they want for free, no problem. This is why the church exists. There's only one place to get forgiveness from Jesus, from his blood. And he has put the church all over the world to distribute that forgiveness freely. Now imagine you are thirsty. I'm getting a little thirsty. I don't, can't help that, though. I have to talk. How much time do we have, by the way? I'm thirsty. You have uh, till 3.45. What time is it? Uh, 3.05. I don't have a watch. <laughs> this is a loon. Keep your cell phone back on. It's like the Reformed Sacrament. There's nothing there. <laughs> How many of you are Reformed? So now you're thirsty, and you go to the water distribution plant. And you go up there, and they say, Oh, would you like to buy a cell phone? What? I'm thirsty. I Look at this. Wow. I've got to get hungry. 
for a piece of pizza. leave it right there but come back again next time on table scraps we'll finish this presentation thanks for listening to table scraps a production of table talk radio